Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from beautiful, sexy, steamy Studio City, California, this is the Knapsack Files. Three things, episode four, I am back, your host, Ken Napsock, for the show, in which I talk about three things on my mind at that moment in time. And here we are, uh, recording on a beautiful Sunday, and I'm sorry for the delay. I actually recorded an episode last week. I'm having computer problems. If you're a listener of Force Center, you heard this explained a little bit, um, maybe too much, on the last episode of Spotlight Star Wars. Basically, it's the pinwheel of death. We've all heard of that over all experienced that. My laptop has hit that three-year mark, and I'm convinced someone at Apple presses a button when that three-year anniversary pops up. So the pinwheel of death, maybe a new hard drive coming, I've emptied that memory. Bottom line, things aren't working. And I recorded a fully functional, fun episode of the three things last week, and as I was editing the clip, the whole thing went bye-bye, and the pinwheel of death stayed on my screen for maybe an hour plus. So, I managed not to throw the laptop out the window, and uh, that's an accomplishment for me that I'm going to mark down in my permanent record. Did not throw MacBook out window when perhaps he should have. But let's get to what we're talking about today and the three things. A lot of bad things in the world right now, but I argue there's always bad things in the world. If you look for it, you can find it, unfortunately. So, I'm going to do like Steve Martin did in the 70s and put an arrow through my head and just hopefully entertain you today on the three things. We're not going deep. We're not diving into issues. We're not diving into depression. We're not diving into any of that today. We're diving into the three things I love about bad restaurants. That is right. You heard it here. I love bad restaurants. And the reason I'm focusing on this for this issue, uh, this uh, issue, this episode, I'm not editing that out because I'm teaching myself a lesson. When I talk about comic books, we're, we're sidebarring here now. When I talk about comic books, I have a habit of saying, well, on this episode, when I mean issue. And now, here, when I'm talking about episode, I use the word issue. My brain is stupid. I need to figure that out. Sidebar, ended. We're talking about bad restaurants. Now, I will say this right now. I do enjoy an occasional big fancy meal. If you know me from Schmoe's No or Other Worlds, you know that the pit boss came about because I wear suits and ties a lot. So I like getting all fancy. I like putting some gel in my hair, or nowadays combing my beard, and heading out uh, uh, for a fancy night on the town. With friends, I like to have big meals. I'm all for that. I can get behind that. But some of my friends, I find, have a a little bit of a tough time downgrading and going deep and dirty into some bad restaurants. Uh, One of my friends recently converted to foodieism. 
That's right. She's now a foodie because of a new relationship, and I'm happy for her. She's happy and proud uh, to be a foodie and very much in love. That's great. She's now got an Instagram feed. Check it out. Treats and Geeks. It's great. I support her wholeheartedly, except for I cannot accept foodieism. I'm not a foodie. Never will be. Uh, this friend was telling me of a restaurant her and her new boyfriend went to, French restaurant. You weren't allowed to sit. You had to stand. It was part of the feel of the restaurant. I'm out. I am out. I like bad restaurants. This is a deep, serious issue from a certain point of view, because I think this might also factor into why I don't date, why, in fact, I've never been on a date, I, I, why I uh, uh, settle for less or, or settle for comfort. All the, You could dig deep if you're a therapist onto what we got going on uh, behind this episode. I think, though, it's just a fun little look at why I love bad restaurants. Now, to clarify, I'm not just talking about chains. This isn't a this isn't an episode about chilies or El Torito or Applebee's. It could be. I definitely enjoy those. I have a, a special pension in my heart for those uh, uh, crappy chain Mexican food restaurants, the El Toritos, the El Presidentes, the Acapulcos, all those kind of stuff. You, you, More often than not, if I'm going out to dinner, I might head to one of those places. It's just a little thing of mine. But I'm not even counting that in it completely. And a Chili's or an Applebee's, those are mid-grade things. Would I take a girl to Chili's on a first date? No, I'm not crazy. I wouldn't go on a date. Um, but uh, would I go there? No. I'd amp it up. I'd step it up. There's other restaurants out there. And I love the food at these other restaurants, these fancy-smancy restaurants. The food is great. I get it. I get it. I'm not bashing foodies. I'm just saying I have a problem with it. I have a problem with your ethos and your pathos and your way of approaching dinner. But again, that's just me. So the three things that I enjoy about bad restaurants. Let's take a look. Let's take a look. Number one, number three, actually. We work our way up to number one in the show. Number three, low-pressure parking. You find me a fancy restaurant, and you are more often than not going to find yourself at a at a part of town that is not conducive to a nice leisurely drive, uh, a part of town that's not going to have a lot of free ample parking, and a part of town that's going to require you to park in valet. I don't have a problem using valet. I don't have a problem paying for parking. I'm not my father. I don't mind that, all right? Now, tip well, valets of the world. You move my car for me and keep it safe, you're getting a fiver, at least. I'm okay with that. But for dinners... Like, if I'm going on a date, I keep bringing that up like I'm actually going to do it. But I, if I was going on a date, I had no problem with the valet. Fancy smancy. Look at us. This dude's going to open up the door for you, so I don't have to. Here's a fiver for that guy. Let's go in and get our fancy food. Hopefully it has a, a place we can actually sit and we don't have to stand and feel the emotions of our food. Maybe we can just go in. But but if I'm, uh, you know, if I'm heading to out for a night with, with friends, just a casual dinner, and I'm going to one of my favorite bad restaurants, I'm looking for low-pressure parking situations. All right, people know this about me when I'm driving. Some people say I'm a slow driver. Uh, some people say, well, you're a cautious, careful driver. No. No. I'm an on-time driver. I can step on the gas when I need to, but I'm an on-time driver, which means I'm always well-planned. I'm always heading to where I go when I need to be going. I'm never in a rush. All right? 
What is Gran, uh, what, not Gran, well, Moff Jer Gerard from Star Wars Return of the Jedi teach us? Did you read the novelization? Moff Jer Gerard, the administrator of the second Death Star, says, Great men never hurry. Great men cause others to hurry. I am never in a hurry to a restaurant. I'm always going to be there on time. So, that said... I don't like doing things like making uh, left turns at uncontrolled intersections. I don't like running across streets unless, uh, unless I'm in New York, apparently. I fell into it quite quickly there. But if I'm here and I'm walking around fine Studio City, I'm not jutting out running across streets. I'm going to find a crosswalk. I'm going to find a stoplight. I'm going to find safe passage. I'm, I'm revealing a lot about myself to you all out there so you understand why the number three thing on my list of things I love about bad restaurants is this low-pressure parking concept. I want to pull into a lot. I want to find myself with a spot. And if you go into a bad enough restaurant, um, you know, you might have a lot of parking spots to choose from. But I like easy uh, entrance and exit points, egress and ingress, ingress and egress. It's very important for me. I don't like those tiny little compact spots. I don't like to uh, worry about my car getting dinged. Uh, you know, dinging all you want, but I just want to be able to get out in peace and go eat my food. And I am a, not a pretentious man. I am not a complicated man. I am a very simple, straightforward, halfway dumb person. I just want to casually drive into the parking lot and kind of figure it out when I get there and not have to worry about uh, valet. Uh, am I going to be able to, am I going to be four blocks away underneath some kind of a bank that I might not be able to park in? I have to worry about it. I have to pay for a meter. I don't mind paying for a meter, but am I, how, what, if, what if the dinner goes more than two hours? What do I do? I just want to go into a, a parking lot, park, get out, and enjoy some bad food. Low-pressure parking. You take care of that, you might have my patronage at your restaurant. The other thing about these bad restaurants, I'm not looking, and this isn't on the list, I just want to clarify even more. I'm not looking for a dive restaurant, intentionally. I'm not Guy Ferrari on some kind of Food Network show, all right? Uh, I do enjoy those kind of shows. Those are some easy watch, easy listening shows that you can have on in the background. I, I was a fan of Adam Richmond's Man vs. Food. I, I actually enjoyed that. And I do like diners, drive-ins, and dives, all right? I don't have a problem with Guy Ferrari as much as anyone else does. I get it. I would go eat at his restaurant America because I don't want to have a heart attack yet. I'm not, but I, I, and I, I don't understand with his frosted hair and, and sunglasses on, but I don't have a problem with this guy. I like diners, divers, and drives. But we're not doing that here on this. This list isn't about that. I am not going to bad restaurants for the sake of going to bad restaurants. All right, There's no hipster irony here. I'm just going to these restaurants. Number three on the list, if they have low-pressure parking, I'm there. Uh, number two, it is Measured expectations. Like I said, I enjoy, uh, I enjoy good food. You want to go to a big fancy steakhouse and pay a lot of money for for some steak? Uh, I'm very well aware that it's going to taste different, and we'll use the word better than a Chili's two for twenty steak dinner. I get it? I get that concept. But also for me, again. I'm not a complicated person. I'm a simple man, people. <laughs> Sound like I'm running for office on a, on a campaign platform on bad restaurants and average steaks. But at the end of the day for me, 
a $45 steak, and that's a cheap end steak at a, at a, at a fancy restaurant, or a $13 steak, um, while I acknowledge the difference, the end of it, as long as that $13 steak ain't crawling and, and ain't moving in my stomach and ain't like leather, I'm generally happy with it. I generally am. Really. Really am. I do appreciate the big fancy steaks. I do appreciate the, the steaks that you, you touch them with the knife and the steaks just fall apart and to perfect, chewable pieces. I don't like to fight my steaks. I'm not saying that. But when I go to these bad restaurants and I have a, a, a selection, a few that I go uh, to in Los Angeles here, I give you a list, but that's free advertisement for them, pay up, and to some of you might try to find me. Um, I, uh, I'm not even joking. Um, I, I like the measured expectations of going to a place. All right, I'll give you one. The NoHo Diner. It's called the NoHo Diner. The North Hollywood Diner. Magnolia and Tahunga. I'll make it easy for you stalkers. I'm there often. The food's horrible. It's horrible. But it's passable. It's a passable kind of horrible. And if I'm craving a fancy steak, I'm definitely not going to get it there. But there's some things they can't do wrong, like a breakfast. And they serve breakfast all day. I've been there at 2 a.m. having an omelet. I've been there at 8 p.m. having an omelet. Uh, they do do some things bad. Uh, don't ever order the spaghetti and meatballs there. Um, the pasta doesn't even taste like pasta, it tastes like water, but uh, which is a really, really odd taste sensation. But my point is, when I go to those restaurants, I know what I'm getting. I know what I'm there for. So there's no stress on the meal for me. You go to one of these fancy restaurants, you, you're there with friends, you're there with your wife, your husband, uh, your family, whatever the occasion. You, you're retired, and you're going out for a dinner. There's some pressure on that meal. The, the expectations are high. If you're going to spend $85 per person on food, an entree, dessert, drink, um, fancy bread, all those kind of if $85 a person and up, you don't... You, you, the food's got to be perfect. It's like J.J. Abrams making The Force Awakens. The expectations for this, he's got to be pitch perfect next week when this movie comes out, or we're all going to hate him, and we're all going to say the movie's a failure, which is ridiculous. Same thing for these restaurants. I'm not saying the restaurants have to hit it out of the park, but if they don't, if they somehow don't hit it out of the park, it just seems, it just seems like your money got tossed down the, the toilet like that steak, which is where it ends up anyways. So go get yourself a nice $13 meal, and you're going to have uh, measured expectations, and, and things will go smoother. Not just in your meal, but in your life, is what I'm saying here. You can tell where my personal philosophies are kind of, kind of over, are kind of seeping into this, can't you? It's like it's 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 really <laughs> it's really clear how crazy I actually am, huh? That's probably what it is. Measured expectations. I I, I go to uh, there's a Mexican restaurant I go to here in town. It's it's not great. It's on the list of bad restaurants, but it's got simple parking for me. I've never had an issue parking, and I never had an issue getting a table. And when I get in, you know what? The chips and salsa are great. That's all I need out of a Mexican restaurant. The rest, I'll figure it out. But when I get there and I order the food, 
It's not the best, but it's not the worst, and I know that going in. And I happily give them my money, and they happily give me the food and a free breath mint on the way out, and I'm thrilled. And I go on with my life. But there's some other fancy Mexican restaurants in town, and, 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 and Mexican food, Americanized Mexican food, as served here in California, is, is probably my favorite meal outside of sandwiches which is a whole other discussion. We could do a show on the three things I love about sandwiches, and I'd have to cut ten reasons out. But I love, I love this kind of Mexican food, and, and there's some places here in town that are great. I've been to them. They're good. But there's a valet, bad parking, etc., etc. But there's been many I've been to. That hot damn, you go there, you get all gussied up, you order the chips and salsa, and the chips and salsa are like an art piece. Like the chips are cut and shaped weird. The salsa's got things that shouldn't be in salsa. But it's like, oh, this is our version of it. This is this is our, our interpretation of salsa. No, mother trucker, give me chips and salsa. I like my salsa chunky, but just a little bit runny. I love getting it all over my shirt. And I spent too much for this shirt to go to this restaurant that I'm spending too much money on and my expectations are too high and they're blown out of the water now this is why it's important to have measured expectations and that is what a bad restaurant can give you properly measured expectations if you don't think i'm crazy yet here's the number one reason i'd like going to bad restaurants these lower quality restaurants that won't kill you. I look. If you got a C grade in the window, uh, some of you might not be familiar with that. Uh, in Los Angeles, here, um, you, each restaurant kind of has a grade, and it's in a window A, B, C, D. Don't eat there. Um, and I've seen some C's. I've, I've been to a Starbucks that had a C. Uh, I still ordered. I survived. Um, uh, A's are good, but it's also very. It's misleading because it's very easy. Someone could not have uh, attached uh, the lid to the milk carton back entirely properly and then you're down a grade all right it's kind of a racket this inspection business but um i'm not talking about that where was i i'm getting hungry here it is dive into it the number one reason i love the number one thing that makes me love bad restaurants is unattractive staff <laughs> wait hear me out it's not that these aren't beautiful people in mind, body, and soul. It's just that, again, uh, if I'm going to a restaurant, and this could even happen at a Chili's or a, or a Buffalo Wild Wings or a Hooters, um, you can go to those restaurants. By the way, I want to open up a brand of uh, female-oriented uh, restaurants. Uh, we we men have Hooters. I want I want the women to have their own restaurant to go to, and I and I'm gonna call it Moose Knuckles. And it's gonna be a bunch of men, and they're gonna be good looking men in shape, and they're gonna be wearing the tightest shorts in the world. Moose Knuckles opening up soon, as soon as Ken gets an investor, and all you women are going to enjoy it. Trust me, this one's for you. <laughs> that said, though, that said, I. I have a bit of an issue when I go to a restaurant and everyone on staff is gorgeous. It's 
probably happens in the big cities more than the small. But that said, my hometown, which is pretty small still, it's grown over the last 20 years I've left town, but it's still a smaller town on the central coast of California, Pismo Beach, AG, uh, all that area, San Luis Obispo. I'll go to those restaurants and uh, full with young, beautiful college uh, men and women um, there for all your needs, all right? Um, uh, God bless those people. God bless those restaurants. It's probably a good business practice, all right? No one wants large marge from uh, uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure serving you flapjacks, except for me. I just, this goes into the low-pressure parking, the measured expectations for food and, and, and your experience. For me, I feel a little stressed. I feel a little bit like I have to put on an act when my waitress is too attractive. It's not her fault. God bless the young lady. She needs to make her money, and I'll still tip her well. I am a very... If there's one thing you guys will all take away from this episode, this bizarre rambling episode of my uh, three things, is that I tip well. I'm also crazy. But if, if the waitress is too attractive, I feel as though I feel on edge. I feel uneasy. I feel as though I have to make sure that I look her in the eyes, and I try to do that with anyone anywhere, um, and, and give her the feel that I'm not here to, to order. Uh, I'm not here to flirt. I'm here to order a meal. All right? And if she's a little nice, and I'm a little nice back, I'm thinking, oh, no, it's, it's like, a, like a guy who fell in love with a stripper. I, I don't want to do that. All right? I'm not equating time out. I'm not equating this young fictional lady in a restaurant to a stripper i'm just saying an example because i'm one of those guys i will fall for my waitress i've done it before i used to have a wait couple regular waitresses at a chili's in northridge in the mid 2000s i used to go a lot and i fell for two of them fell hard one was a lesbian that was uh, that i didn't know did not see that coming uh the second one there i had no shot i won then she this story's been told before i once gave this particular waitress an 11 dollar tip on a nine dollar bill because i'd stop by to pick up a quick meal and work on some writing by myself uh i think she laughed all the way to the bank and took the money back to her boyfriend all 11 bucks on it and they got some carl's jr i'm sure of it um i so this is a me problem this is a me problem. I fall for my waitresses. All right. I don't fall for strippers, for the record. I'm actually really good in strip clubs. I've said that before in Josh McCougar's Between the Sheets. Uh, you have to go with me to one to figure it out. I can't explain it more. I'm actually really good and really in control. I am like the paterfamilias of my friends when I go to these strip clubs. I'm, I'm the quarterback orchestrating the night. But at, but at restaurants, I fall for it every time. I ask for a Dr. Pepper refill, and she's nice and gives me a, a theoretical a figure, a, 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 gives me a wink is what I'm trying to say. I'm getting all flummoxed here. Um, and I fall for it. I fall for it. I don't know what it is. It's, it's a me problem. It's a me problem. So then I feel then I feel I have to be kind of funny when I'm ordering. I have to maybe give a line here. I have to I have to be uh, prim and proper, but also charming and funny. It's like I'm on a date and I'm not on a date. I'm just hanging out with friends at some kind of chain restaurant, and the the waitress I find attractive, and suddenly I feel like I'm I'm trying to impress her when really I just want to order a a bad steak or, or an enchilada. And so I. Again, this is a me problem. So I like going to these restaurants. I mentioned the NoHo Diner over here where uh, near where I live. And I, there's not a waitress there under the age of 55. And they're all great people. I know them all. 
And when I go there, I walk in, good parking situation, I have a measured expectation of what my meal's going to be, and I sit down, and old Gladys comes out to serve me. I feel at ease. I feel comfortable. I'm not putting on a show. I'm just having an actual normal connection and conversation with someone who's who's working hard for my benefit. And I and I have a great time and and I leave there happy and go on with my life. I don't leave there going, "Man, I hope I was I too condescending to that young lady? Did I not did I accidentally check out her ass when I was just trying to pick up my napkin? What is she going to hate me for that? Is she going to put a thumb in my Dr Pepper now? Oh my gosh, maybe she's in love with me." All right, that I can't have that on meals. Again, it's a meat problem. So that's why I go to these restaurants and I enjoy, I enjoy the chef who looks like a, a sitcom character with some kind of beanie on and a hairnet and a cigar and he's cooking me meals while he's eating the cigar. I'm fine with that. All right, that's a real guy. That's a real man. That's a, that, is a, that is a common man cooking me a good meal, even though it's bad. Same with the waitresses. Gladys has been there for 40 years. To me, to me, that means she just knows how to do her job damn fine well. And I want that. I don't need some young 22-year-old who came to L.A. with a headshot and a dream and is now working a shift on the weekend, as she should, at a nice restaurant. God bless her and her journey, but I don't want that involved in in my meal. I, I want to talk to Gladys. I want someone who knows her job, who's here and here for one reason only, and that is to be a good waitress. Now, 40 years ago, Gladys could have moved to town to try to be an actress. I told her she could have wanted to get a contract at MGM. All right, She could have wanted to be the next Doris Day, and then it didn't work out, and now she's here at the NoHo Diner where they have pictures of Doris Day hanging in there. Um, I, I'm okay with that. That's her journey, but where she is now is where I am now, and where she is now is where I need her to be as a patron in this bad restaurant. She's been there 40 years. There's no pressure. I'm going to order a bad spaghetti and meatball dinner with some stale bread, and she's going to serve it to me, and we're going to exchange little pleasantries and laugh and joke, and I'm going to pay a reasonable price and go out and grab a mint and a toothpick on the way out and park, uh, go to my car where it's parked nice and easy, walking distance, and I'm not paying a and I'm getting in it and I'm driving home with my upset stomach and heartburn. That's the kind of night I want. And I should probably put none of this on my dating profiles. I should remove it all and that might help me down the line. But then maybe I don't want it because maybe I just want to keep going to these bad restaurants. That is my three things that I love about bad restaurants. You can join the conversation by following me on Twitter, at Ken Knapsack. The Knapsack Files podcast feed on which this fine show is hosted is uh, uh, also on Facebook. You can like us there. And uh, the Ken Knapsack fan page on Facebook is there, too. I uh, roll in my own eyes when I say that. But join the conversation on Twitter, hashtag three things when you're talking to me. And, and, and tell me if you agree. Maybe in, in my craziness, maybe there's something there for you about, about these bad restaurants that you like, I agree with that. Or maybe you're like, I haven't seen it from that point of view. Or maybe you're like, Ken, you're an insane person and just keep, uh, keep away from me uh, while I 
I go to my fancy restaurants and take pictures of it and put it on my themed Instagram foodie page. All right. Maybe you all do that. Uh, but join the conversation. Do that. If you're on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review. I am trying to figure out my tech problems. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And then we're going to put up more, more, more episodes of this show, Alicia Malone's Film School. We're talking about doing another one of those. And I got to get these damn knapsack files interviews back up and running on a regular basis. So I want to thank you all for listening. Thank you all for uh, supporting my craziness. And uh, you all mean a lot to me out there. Don't forget to join the conversation. Hashtag three things for this show or follow me on Twitter at Ken Knapsack. Until next time, this has been the three things in the Knapsack Files podcast feed. We will see you next time.